Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast, the show where business and social purpose meet to inspire a movement for positive change. Here's your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden. Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast. Today's guest is someone who I had the privilege of working with a couple of years ago um, to help them and their team uncover and articulate the purpose for their organization. Now, it was a classic case of a small service-based organization who were clearly driven, clearly driven by reasons beyond profit, but they just hadn't been able to articulate that one driving force that inspired everything they did. Mm. Now they have that clarity, their purpose connects clearly to a social purpose. And I was keen to interview this guest so, so she could share what a difference having that clarity has made to her business and to her personally and to the work they're doing with another organisation. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce Luli Adiemo, founder and director of Sydney-based integrated marketing agency Best Case Scenario. Luli has spent the last 30 years curating content for thought leadership conversations and campaigns in the technology sector. Yes, 30 years, Lily. 30 years. <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> in 2020, she was appointed the director of not-for-profit foundation Tech Diversity, an industry alliance committed to amplifying diversity awareness and achieving a culture of inclusion through conversation, collaboration and action. Luli is dedicated to shifting the technology landscape, ensuring a more diverse and inclusive space for all. Luli, welcome to the For Love and Money podcast. I was going to say great to be here, Karen, but now you've just outed the fact that I've been working in this space for 30 years. I might just hang out. (laughs) Own it, own it. Uh, I will. Okay. So um, I'm kicking off with a question uh, we ask everybody when you think about purpose in business, do you think love has a role to play? It, absolutely. Uh, and, and I think it, it's something that maybe, um, you know, people don't realise. And I think I've maybe been guilty of that myself over the years, um, that it's not talked about. Um, but, you know, I think if anything, over the last couple of years, the the, the real emphasis and, and purpose and, and, you know, the the need for love for what you do has really come out. Um, so, you know, you know, what, you know, how can we truly be the best in ourselves? Uh, you know, how can we really be the best as an organization uh, if the people within the organization don't love themselves and don't love what they do and don't love what we do as an organization? Um, so for, for me, and, uh, you know, it, it's in the, what I'd really implore everybody and your listeners, you know, love, love is everything. Um, so, you know, really don't think it's a fluffy thing that you see in films. Uh, it, it's so much more than that. You, you've touched on a really interesting point there, and, and thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing I want to pull out there is um, love uh, people loving themselves mm. because it, loving yourself is key to creating any meaningful impact in the world, isn't it? It's key to doing a great job. And mm. it's all interlinked, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, loving yeah. what you do helps you to love yourself because you feel like you're valued, you're creating value, that gives you fulfilment, that makes you feel good about yourself. So loving yourself is so important. Yeah. And I, and I think it's one of those things, again, which is miss, 
understood you know it doesn't mean you think you're all that in a bag of chips uh you know you know it, it, it means you know it's you know it's it, it's so much more than that you know and the, the importance of if you, if you don't love yourself if you're not the best you know if you're not in the best state your mental health isn't good your physical health isn't good uh, your home life isn't good then you know how can you possibly show up each day uh, and be and get the most out of that day Mm. Um, you know, and, and understanding around your contribution to that day. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, you know, for, for me and, and I hope, you know, for my team and my clients and people I work with, um, you know, understanding um, the importance of that uh, and, and prioritizing yourself yeah. um, so that everything else um, actually can be the best that it can be. Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Now, um, take us on your journey. Can you can you share your background story that led to where you are today? with yeah, your business I mean, I mean, best case scenario. 100%. And it's a funny one, Carolyn, because I mean, it, it's, um, you know, I my work, my professional journey um, in the guise that it is now, you know, started the late 90s, um, you know, accidentally falling into this role with an IT research company called Gartner. Um, and, you know, you know, being brought into that business to help them develop and grow um, their their conference business, um, you know, you know, across the the, the location and now from the UK, uh, across uh, uh, across the EMEA. Um, now at the time, you know, my understanding of tech um, was you know was zero. Um, you know, I I took the job because I knew somebody that worked. This is the day when you you know went to the pub for an interview and someone said, "I like you. Do you want a job?" And I was like, "Yeah, I love a job." Uh, <laughs> the good old days. There, the good old days. And then you, then you work out what the job is um, when you get there. And I, I remember, um, you know, and the, the company that I'd come from, I'd come from the food and drink industry, uh, running big, you know, uh, food and drink expos in, in, in London. Um, you know, we, and the use of the technology there, we, we did have a, you know, a central email account uh, that nobody looked at. You know, everything was still very much done over <laughs> phone and fax. Uh, and I, I remember going to my interview at Gartner and it being a video conference interview with the head office in the US and thinking like, who are these people? Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I distinctly uh, remember my first week, you know, calling my mum uh, and, and saying, mum, got no idea what they're talking about, uh, but I'll keep listening and I'll, I'll figure it out. Because, it, you know, I was thrown into this, you know, in, environment um, where, you know, quite rightly thought, what am I doing here? I don't belong. You know, there's, there's nobody there like me. And I don't just mean, you know, physically. Um, you know, they were all these, uh, these IT research guys and analysts, you know, talking about the future of tech. Um, but the thing that made me stay um, was this um, notion that what they were talking about and how they actually positioned it, that this thing called technology was going to be the next industrial revolution. Now, this is going to be the thing that drives and enables us and enables business and our personal lives, um, you know, to really thrive and change. Uh, and, you know, in my, you know, I guess, competitive stub in mind, I'm like, you know, why uh, is there only one part of our demographic that's been, you know, privy to this sort of information? Uh, you know, I was at a conference with two and a half thousand people in Europe, you know, I, I was barely, I was probably one of a handful of women in the room. Uh, I definitely was the only person of colour. And I was like, hang on a minute, you know, this is too good not to understand. Um, so that was really my, um, you know, my introduction to the, the, the you know, the technology industry. Uh, in a, in a, you know, and from that, um, I realised the importance, you know, I thought we were just running events. Uh, and my job was to run events for this research company. Uh, but what I realized, the role was so much more than that. This is about 
communication. Uh, and this is about empowerment. Uh, so let's empower people to have the knowledge and the understanding to the leverage this thing called technology uh, to help improve their lives. Um, so when I took that lens, um, my purpose of being there suddenly shifted significantly. And how did you how did you come to that realization? Because at that point, how old were you, Luli? Uh, I would have been. Oh, you see, add to me now, Kat, I would have been 28, 28, okay. 28 that sort of age. Um, I, I came to that realization because um, I was on the other side. I didn't understand. Um, and I didn't understand because they weren't talking in a language that enabled me to participate. Um, so I was excluded by, I didn't, you know, it was all acronyms uh, and something, you know, in but when you challenged the narrative um, to break down what that actually really meant, you realized it was actually for you and it better it benefited you, it benefited mm. your friend, it benefited your, your family. Um, so I realized I had a responsibility to check to break down the narrative. Um, so it was, a, it was a, in a way that everybody could understand it and everybody could understand the benefit to, to them. Um, so you know, it, it's, my purpose, um, I realized at the time was to take, you know, this academic type sort of thinking and language that was being used uh, and break it down into layman's terms so everybody could understand it and therefore benefit from the opportunities that it offered. Yeah, brilliant. And that clarity for you would have been mm. huge in terms of oh. how you approached it. And it's, you know, and it's a it's a realization that I've carried through my whole professional career. Uh, because I think that you know, we can all be guilty of getting a little bit carried away uh, with our area of expertise um, and, you know, accidentally isolating people from a conversation. Um, so I think, you know, just in regards to, um, you know, and I think, you know, Carolyn, you know, the, what came when we worked together, you know, from a, you know, from my, from a BCS best case scenario point of view um, to understand uh, our purpose as an organization and that whole thing around empowering uh, change makers uh, and that light bulb moment in regards to, you know, we we don't just run events, we don't just do marketing. Uh, you know what we're doing, and, and you know what we what we aim to do, and what our passion is, is this enablement piece. You know, we want to make you amazing. We want to help you be amazing and realize your full potential. Um, you know, so those lessons around remembering how I felt that day stood in, you know, the south of France in a big conference room in a room full of people I didn't belong, talking a language I didn't understand. Uh, you know, I, you know it, it, and therefore, you know, not getting the true benefit out of what they were talking about. Um, mm. I don't want people, you know, it, it's let's break down those barriers um, because we've all got something to give. We know we've all got a purpose to be in the room. We've all got a voice that needs to be heard. Um, so, you know, how do we create environments where we can bring all of that together? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Mm. So so from Gartner, how long were you at Gartner and how? Oh, how... goodness me. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and this is a great, oh, God, you know, I mean, this is the great, you know, it's you know, challenging and difficult as it was to, you know, to to get to that point of realising my purpose in the organisation. Um, the opportunity that has been afforded to me for, being in a difficult space for a moment has been endless. Um, mm. So you know, it, you know, you know, I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I'm from the UK. Uh, I've been in Australia since uh, the end of 2003. So I came across 
from the UK with Australia, uh, with um, Gartner in 2003 to help them grow their conference business across the region. Then being here uh, and then having a different realization around, you know, something that I'd sacrificed or not realized I was sacrificing um, was my health and well-being. Uh, but I, you know, in, in the in the UK, you know, I worked day and night. Uh, you know, you know, it well, you know, that, you know, it it was it became an identity. You know, I was heading up this big um, you know, uh, event organization, uh, the, the business there, and I was working day and night. And because the lifestyle in the UK, you know, I spent a lot of time commuting to and from work. Uh, you know, during the winter months, you know, it was pitch black when I went to work in the morning. It was pitch black when I came home at night. Um, so my health and well-being um, was being sacrificed for my career. Um, then, you know, I, I come to Australia uh, and well, you can't see because it, it's a podcast, but it's a beautiful sunny day in Sydney today. Um, and all of a sudden I'm surrounded by this beauty and light. Uh, and now all of a sudden I want to, uh, you know, create space. For me to be outside and you know and I discovered my love for cycling again and I bought myself a bike and I used to ride into work and then I get there and I realize everyone goes for runs in the morning and it, you know and it's just the lifestyle shift um, that I suddenly realized in regards to a value in regards you know if I can bring this energy and create this energy and this well-being of myself I can do even more uh, it doesn't mean I have to work longer hours uh, it just means I'm more effective with my time um, so, you know, it, it's it, that was a real balance shift for me. And, you know, people talk about work life balance. Um, that was significant. And even though the job um, that I did here was much bigger than the one I had in the UK, um, I was better at it. I was better because of the uh, the realization and the commitment I made to myself. Um, goes back so, to loving yourself doesn't it to loving myself you know and it's just like you know not resenting you know the time that I was spending because you know I had a spring in my step you know I, I started every day doing something for me yeah uh, uh and I still do that now every day for something I mean if you can see my office Carolyn it's part gym it's part I've got my bike here got, <laughs> uh, because you know it, it, it you know it you know it, I, I start every day doing something for myself um, and then that gives me the energy to support the needs and do things for others and bring that together. Um, so, yes, I mean, that you know, it, it, the garden it, and then the realisation that my, I was limited uh, in regards to the impact that I could have um, working within the framework of that organisation. I felt like I'd taken it as far as I could, um, um, but it gave me visibility um, to a need um, beyond the the research organization the event piece uh, and and that need was um around people coming into this region um and uh being expected to come from another part of the world into the region uh and understand what the you know what to do um so you know i'd experienced it and come from gartner in the uk I came over to uh, to Sydney. My job was to build this conference business across the APAC region um, with no support and knowledge around what doing that would actually mean. And of course, you know, you know, and the, this expectation that because it's worked in the in, in Europe, because it's worked in the US, it's going to work here. 
uh, mm-hmm. and people not realizing the difference of diversity in culture <laughs> you know you know you know it, it, it's not you know we're not a europe you know you know it's you know it, it, sydney australia is very different to singapore is very different to india is very different yep. to china uh, and they you know and there are different levels in regards to their views and understanding of tech um so that opened my mind and and uh, to um you know the what is you know you know best case scenario which has now been going for over 15 years uh, in providing a service and support to marketing people primarily uh, from these multinational technology companies um, that come into the region and be given this great big role um, but not the insight understanding and knowledge what where and what is required locally uh, and that was the premise of BCS you know you know to be that uh, marketing consultant and support um, to organizations, to individuals, and we used to call them the lone marketer, no, the, the lone marketer. Uh, and I can name those who in it just like that. Again, I was that person. You know, mm. I was here with a huge goal, a huge target, um, but not the support and knowledge to help me thrive and succeed. So your personal experience didn't just help you identify the need, but it gave you real empathy. Yeah. people in that position didn't it mm, yeah yeah uh and you know and it, i think people uh you know when we speak they they pick up on that you know they, and it, it, it's funny carolyn because you know that hasn't changed you know you know and, and this is still um a service that, that that we provide like we work with a lot of um whether it's trade bodies so a lot of you know um, um you know scale up technology companies that are looking to expand in this region um you know we work with them, it's they they you know it's not you know, the, the products and the features and benefits great but you really need to understand uh the demographic and the culture and the business mm. culture uh of, of australia and, and the region uh and if you can't commit you know putting somebody here uh isn't going to give you the success that you expect yeah. uh, and you're setting that person up for failure um, yeah. so then let's you know so you know it, understand those parameters you know take care of your people uh, because you know they're your best asset. Uh, mm. So you know it, it's so you know it, it, um, it it's a really common um, mistake uh, that organisations work make. You know it's just you know it's because because you've been successful in sales there or not doesn't translate. Um, so you know look after your people. Mm. And so can you can you share for our listeners a little more on on what you do with those clients? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the it's the market insights and intelligence, right? You know, and, and and the you know it's it's stuff like and again, you know, when when you come from another country, and it, I, funny enough, I was in London Tech Week last year, and um, uh, I was speaking at this event um, that was run by Tech Nation, who are one of the government funded agencies that support um, market expansion from companies in the UK um, to different regions, um, and they had this panel. Uh, and it was the, you know, it was the, for the Australian, it was for the Australian, it was a UK co- cohort looking to expand into Australia. So they had this panel uh, with, um, uh, it was with one of the trade commissioners from New South Wales, uh, one from Victoria uh, and one from, from Queensland. Uh, and you could see the UK people, like, you know, as though they were each talking about their states. Uh, and what they provide in their states and why it's important. Uh, and you can see the, the the people in the audience, all from the UK, like, I just want to go to Australia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What's this New South Wales thing? And it, but, you know, it, it, so it, it's, 
because they're you know it that their perception of you know Australia for example is you know the main they might they, they, Sydney they might know they probably don't know about Canberra but it's you know the the cultural differences and the business differences between the states mm. they have no idea no. about like no idea like you know we, we we're so insular than you know a country around that significance and importance and the battles that we have between our states and rivalries but internationally. They've got no idea about that. So, you know, you know it, it's those sorts of insights and nuggets. And because as well, for the, you know, the whether or not, the, the companies that, the government companies that do represent uh, and help companies expand into Australia, they've got their own <laughs> agendas around getting them to their, their particular states. Yeah. Um, so again, it, it's not, done in an authentic way uh, around helping these companies be aware of those nuances to make an informed decision around expanding into the country mm. um, so I think you know we you know it, it's I think you know authenticity is really important uh, yeah. I think that's what we bring to the to the conversation and we work with the different state bodies and departments as well uh, but that authenticity around you know what it's like to do business in Australia uh, uh, you know and you know it's the but it, it, it talked about as well, you know, the the importance of you know love and the importance of family. A lot of these people they're bringing their families over, uh, so you know what's it like to live here? You know what mm. you know what do you, you know understanding what they enjoy doing and what's important to them as a family first, yeah. um, because of you know it is but you know if you're not happy as a family and it, then it's not going to work. Mm. Uh, you know you're going to have a terrible time. You're going to have disrupted your whole life. Yeah, to come somewhere that's never going to work for you. So it, it's having those sort of conversations first and that understanding first, and then we can talk about your technology and competitive analysis uh, and market share, market opportunity. Uh, but let's those human bits first and understand that. That's brilliant. So you're taking a, a really holistic view mm. of how you support those clients. Mm. Mm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because it, it's the 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 nuts and bolts, you know. It, of course, you know everybody's got you know a, a competitive difference, uh, um, but you know you know it's you know once you understand that, if you market things right, you have a good strategy, a good plan, and there is the market opportunity in need. Um, you you know the, the product bit will work. You're yeah. Self, you're self, but if what well, going back to the beginning of our conversation, uh, if you're not loving what you do, uh, you're not loving where you live. Your family aren't loving this, you know. Your kids aren't loving the school. Your 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 partner's not loved. Then all of none of that matters. No, absolutely, absolutely. It comes down to human human needs in the end. That's it. Everything yeah. we do does. Enjoying the podcast? If you're looking for more inspiration, head to our website, thecauseeffects.com.au, for more resources on how you can start using your business as a force for good, or buy the For Love and Money book. Every copy sold allows us to protect one square metre of rainforest. Help us save 10,000 square metres by 2025. Yeah. So, so, so let's let's get into best case scenario and and your purpose. And and you mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. And I just want to share, like when we went through the process um, with your team and we did it online, was it during COVID that we did it? I think it might've been. Yeah, Yeah. it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd sort of touched on a few things and then, and then I think I came back to you one-on-one and I said, Mm. I think I've been able to 
articulate it. Mm. And as soon as I said it, I've mm. never had anyone do this to me before. You scream. <laughs> <laughs> you literally scream. Uh, yeah. Um, down Zoom. And it was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's um, because when you do what you do and you've always done what you do, yeah, you know, you know, you you, you can lose sight uh, around the you know the the impact and the value um, that you have uh, as an organisation as an individual uh, and what you're enabling. Uh, and you know, it's um, you know, we very much um, you know evolved from you know starting off as a as a marketing agency and and you know supporting that uh, need and that capability, uh, branching out. Um, into events to support that's always part of the the, the marketing process um, and you get stuck in you know the old thinking around that's what you do uh, um, but you know it, it's the the value and the the sizzle um, that we we bring to that and the approach that we actually really take you know you know you know it's you know and really understanding the person the client you know what they're looking to achieve uh, and how can we enable you to be better? Uh, and you know, as I said, like sometimes you know, we we talk ourselves out of work because it's not right. You know, it's just like you know, we're not going to just do that because you know it's money. Um, you know, we know because you know, it, it, you know, in regards to what we value uh, and what's important to us uh, is that change and impact. Um, so you know, you know, when you to crystallize it around uh, in, uh, enabling change makers. Uh, and making them feel again in the same way that we don't, you know, and I don't necessarily understand it. People in my company don't understand it. Um, those individuals, you know, getting them to think along those lines as well, and what a difference that makes to the conversation, uh, and a difference it makes to the outlook and the lens of the project. Um, so, and it's something, Carolyn, that you know, it's because of that, uh, and you cut that that point of that realization. The difference that's made to to our business uh, has been second to none. That's that's wonderful to hear, and it felt like it felt incredibly, it felt authentic to the conversations that we were mm. having in mm. the workshop because mm. you know we we talked a lot about identity mm. and people like us, mm. and I remember mm. some very animated conversations around the people you absolutely loved working with. You you yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. <laughs> Right. And you would do anything to support yeah. them yeah. over and above what anybody could expect. And then you talked about the people that you didn't like working with and mm. why. And it really mm. crystallized this mm. idea of, you know, you wanted to work with change makers mm. because they were committed. You know, mm. they really believed in their product mm. and they were committed to unleashing the potential mm. of their product. Mm. And you wanted to empower them to do that. So empowering yeah. change makers, and it's like mm. it, it shifts everything mm. because mm. it 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 shifts the conversations you have and mm. who you have them with. Um, and then and the not being afraid to walk away from conversations um, yeah. because you know that that isn't um, that their purpose. They're not on that. They're not there. Uh, you know whether you know individuals or their organisation aren't there. Um, and if they're not, then, you know, it, it's going to be a fail. The, the project will not be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think, um, you know, having that, um, you know, that realisation and clarity um, 
it does it, you know, it, it grab you know, it helps gravitate more uh to the people that um you, you do want to empower and the people you want to work with. Um, but also, you know, equally as important, um, you know, it's okay, you know, you know, you know, to walk away from things as yeah, well. Hundred uh, percent. That's okay. Hundred percent. You can't serve yeah. everyone and you can't be mm. loved and you can't love mm. everybody, mm. right? So mm. so how has it impacted your business because obviously this was in the middle of COVID. It was a incredibly mm. tough time, particularly mm. you know for your business, your your industry. Mm. Um, you know what did what what impact did that clarity have for you, and what it, changes it, it, did you make? Right, yeah. I mean the, the it's you know we we as you know kind of like we literally lost ninety five percent of the business uh, in a in a three four week window, uh, March twenty twenty uh, because at that point in time. Um, the majority of the work that we did was event focused, um, you know, so, you know it's, and, and obviously the whole events thing, um, you know, literally stopped overnight. Um, now, ha- having that lens around the empowerment, empowering change makers meant that we didn't go down the path um, that you know, every event organizer, <laughs> company tended to do, which was, you know, put on virtual events. Um, and I'm and I'm not discrediting that at all because there, there was a need to keep the engagement happening. Um, yeah. But um, you know, I didn't believe that um, you know what worked in a, a you know a, a physical world world necessarily translated uh, into a virtual world. And that's what happened. You know, that's what people did. They didn't think about okay, what do we need to change about this engagement um, so that it's it works in a in a in a virtual world. Um, they just tried to replicate it. So you know, and I didn't believe. In that, I didn't think we'd be, in, you know, this whole thing around empowering change makers. Um, well, you know, my, you know, when we sat down as a team uh, and and looked at the projects that we we had, um, did we genuinely believe um, that doing that online uh, met our purpose? Uh, and it didn't. Mm. Um, so we stopped, um, and you know, it, it was a it was a huge. One of the most difficult um, experiences in my life, because you know it didn't just impact me; it impacted the business, it impacted people that worked in the in the organisation. Um, um, but we couldn't wholeheartedly move forward in that fashion. Um, so you know, it, we you know it, it drove a conversation around um, understanding what was important to to us, uh, and you know what we could enable uh, to keep true to our purpose. Um, so that you know we went back to our roots you know you know when we first you know started here you know when we first started BCS we were a marketing agency mm. you know we were here to design um, strategies and programs to you know engagement strategies to bring people together to have the right sort of conversation the right people to have the right conversation for impact and change um, so let's go back to those roots uh, and, and enable that because they know that's where the empowering change makers happens uh, and, and continues to happen. Uh, and it's so, as I said before, uh, you know, before we went live, uh, Carolyn, you know, it's, you know, as an organization, we're, we're, you know, bigger and better than we ever were before COVID. I wish they, they didn't have to, you know, have that experience to get there. But again, the, the lesson um, learned there is, you know, take the time to stop. Uh, and think and review and make sure that you're you know you're aligned with your values you're aligned with your purpose because it's very easy um, to get carried away with the the, the, the money 
Uh, and, you know, you know, we were doing very well as an agency, delivering great events. Um, but we'd, we'd lost that sizzle uh, mm. in regards to the real value that we can bring to an engagement to empower change makers. Uh, and, you know, we, it, it, COVID, um, you know, has brought that back um, and created the, the space and the time um, for us to think uh, about things differently. Um, so, you know, it's, so as an agency, you know, we're, we're you know, we, we've got, and again, so now the, the sorts of projects and initiatives that we're doing, I mean, it's afforded the time for us to, um, you know, take on the ownership of the Tech Diversity Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, that's all about, you know, the acknowledgement and, you know, you know, building out the awareness around the lack of diversity in the technology sector. Now, as you, you know, as I said, I've been in it since the late 90s. Uh, it's You've come full I'm, circle there, haven't full you? Full circle, full circle. Um, but, you know, you know, realizing, uh, again, you know, the, the, the foundation um, was really about when we took over the ownership was really about the Tech Diversity Awards, which are really important to identify initiatives and programs that organizations and people are running that are having a positive impact on their workforce. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, and, but, you know, the, the conversation I had with the founders is that this is great. Um, but, you know, if we're really serious about impacting change, what else can we be doing? What else do we need to be doing? You know, if we genuinely believe that diversity, equity and inclusion should be the number one business priority uh, in Australia and globally, yeah. um, then how do we achieve that? Um, you know, how do we get people beyond their thinking around it's a, you know, a, a tokenistic thing that they'll support once a year, we'll sponsor Mardi Gras, we'll sponsor Pride, uh, we'll have International Women's Day, all these things which are important um, but you know, if we're really going to create an environment uh, and uh, an ecosystem and an industry where everyone belongs, uh, everyone has a place. So we, you know, we have the best minds, we have the best innovation, we have the best creativity. All those things that are needed uh, to make things tick. How do we do that? How do we achieve that? Um, so having the time to think about that and think about the programs that we need to run, what the what we need today versus longer term um, has been invaluable. Um, so, you know, if you'd asked me two years ago whether or not I thought, you know, we'd be said, you know, we'd be running a, an academy. We've got the Tech Diversity Academy, a fully immersive learning and, and development program for individuals and organisations to understand the how to make this thing you know, part of their DNA, build it into their strategy rather than an activity. Uh, um, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of um, that, you know, we've achieved, I've achieved as an individual uh, and we've achieved as a business. That's amazing. And and um, what occurs to me as you, as you talk about the Tech Diversity Academy is that you've managed to combine the purpose for tech diversity mm. to, to make diversity and inclusion the number one business priority, I think you mm. said, mm. Um, with, with, the purpose for best case scenario, which mm. which I imagine is a reflection of your personal purpose as well, mm-hmm. which is mm. about empowering change makers mm. through mm. that. And you seem to have brought them seamlessly together. Mm. And then and I think, and this is the thing, I think, Alan, when when you you know understand your purpose and understand that your role in achieving that, um, then you know whether it attracts 
uh, you know, people or opportunities or whether you find and seek them. Um, but as I said, you know, the, it, it's when I when I say that we're you know better now um, than we were before the pandemic, I genuinely believe it. And, and it's because of those reasons, you know, what we're doing now, the initiatives that we're driving, the impact that we're having um, is way bigger um, than I ever imagined possible. Uh, you, know, be, you know, before I was forced to stop. Can you share, can you go back to best case scenario for a moment and can you share um, some examples or a story with us of, um, you know, what you did differently? You talked about the fact that you didn't jump into online events mm. Um, mm. Like, like some of your competitors, mm. but what are some of the tangible things you did do mm. that your purpose inspired, that, that mm. you know, that was different yeah. to what you might have done otherwise? Yes, I mean, the recognising and understanding that um, the people task, uh, you know, within um, tech companies, the marketing people in particular, um, they still got these big goals that they need to achieve. Um, and, you know, the the main channel or platform which they've used to, to achieve it in the past had just gone, you know. The, you know, the, you know the, the events are so integral to bringing people together. That networking bit, you know, the 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 engagement piece, and it's gone. Uh, and you know that, you know that, you know, try as everyone did, you can't replicate that authenticity and the accidental, incidental conversations that happen in an in-person environment online. Um, so we recognise that these people would be struggling. Um, you know, they'd be under an awful lot of pressure to to achieve um, their their goals in the in their in in the workplace. So, how can we provide a service to support them working through that? Um, so, you know, we 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 spend a lot of time in you know understanding this whole thing. You know, what what's just happened is you've lost your ability to you know to connect with people in the way that you used to connecting with them. Uh, and everybody's going through you know a really challenging time. Um, so what is the, um, the the process that we can put in place um, to keep that connection happening? And it's going back to basics, Carolyn, you know, the, the whole thing around, um, you know, mapping out an engagement strategy. Mm -hmm. can, we, you know, can we get lazy, right? So, you know, you know, of course, because, you know, I know I'm going to do this event, this event, this event, and I'm going to see these people. Uh, so we have to go back to basics so this isn't going to happen incidentally anymore you know you, you it, you've you've got it's got to be intentional uh, in regards to the program that you put together to get it to understand you know where these you know uh, you've got to take time to understand what these people are doing what they're reading what they're digesting uh, and work out a way to engage with them uh in the, an environment that's going to work so the and the we went the, the and it's something I always believe in. Yes, there's always a place for these big kind of events and stuff, but there's equally the value you get from having a few like-minded people around the table talking about uh, something which is important to them as individuals of the business uh, is 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 priceless. Mm. Um, so you know, you know, so we we took it back to those again, those you know, those human fundamentals. Uh, you know, understanding the need. Uh, and understanding the conversation that needs to be had um, to support what your customers need, what your partners need. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, the um, the thanks and the value we got from that, because we're creatures of habit, everyone jumps to do the same thing. But no, 
stop. Uh, and, and, and that was, you know, where that was our point of difference. And of course, now because of that, you know, the relationship that we've developed through that process, um, the new, the new, it, it, because we stopped. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And the value, like your clients, would have really valued that approach. Yeah. Um, and the relationship that you yeah. would have built with them would have been even stronger than it was before mm. as a mm. result because they would have felt truly supported, mm. that you yeah. cared. Yeah. And it comes right back to, yeah, um, your purpose, empowering change makers, but also um, knowing who are the people that you want to support the most, the mindset, yeah. the narrative yeah. of the people you want to support the most. Um, I want to, before we run out of time, I'd, I'd like to open the door for you to talk more about tech diversity. Um, and, you know, what? there's so much you can talk about. You've touched on the academy. I'd love to hear mm. more about the academy and also the tech diversity pledge um, or yeah. anything you'd like to share with our audience. Oh, goodness me. I mean, you, you, you're right. I mean, there's so much I can talk to about here, but I think... Um... The you know, uh, you know tech diversity you know is all about shifting the dial. Um, you know, and it's you know I I talk a lot about um, the technology industry having an identity crisis, um, and that people outside of technology um, don't consider careers in tech. Um, uh, and you know, and, and technology is as big as you know, unless you're an engineering mathematical brain, uh, then there's not a role for you in tech, and that's the perception. Um, so, you know, it, it's, you know, we need to do a better job as industry um, to, to change that. Um, one of the things that we did um, with the awards program, because that's a great stage and a great platform to showcase what we're about uh, and showcase what's possible. Um, one of the things we did with the awards program was create, um, the awards have always been identifying initiatives in different uh, industries, what's happening in business, what's happening in government, what's happening in education. Um, we created the, the tech for good category. Uh, and the, the reason why we did that was to draw a correlation between uh, people's values in life and what's mm -hmm. important to them uh, and an understanding around the role that technology plays. So, you know, we looked at, you know, the, the tech for good breaks down into social impact, environmental impact, health and well-being, accessibility and inclusion. Um, because I think that it, it's, if we, you know, that sort of language will start with it and, and then saying to, you know, people, you know, we need people that are passionate and understand the issues and the challenges that we face in these areas to be part of the design of the solution. You know, you know technology can do whatever you want it to do, but we need this diversity and understanding uh, from community to be part of the process of the design to make sure what is design benefits all. Um, so, you know, it, it's, you know, there, there's the bit around diversifying the workforce uh, and, 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 you know, and creating that um, understanding that, um, you know, uh, technology careers aren't just about um, developers and engineers. Um, so we know we need the creative minds and all that sort of stuff. Um, but then there's the, with the academy, you know, it's all about um, creating the understanding in regards to why having a diverse, equitable, uh, inclusive uh, workforce is important uh, and the how to do it. Um, because, you know, the what what's changed since the late 90s until now uh, is 
that companies realize and recognize this thing called diversity. They've got to, you know, do something about it, but I don't know what doing something about it is or, or how or why. Or why? The the why. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it's so, you know, the, the, the academy, uh, I, I genuinely believe that th- this is going to be um, the legacy of the foundation in regards to you know, providing um, the, you know, the support that industry needs to be better. Um, you know, and it's, but it, it's, it's so interesting. I mean, and I've done it. And it I, I think that I myself, I'm not, a, I'm not a practitioner in this space. I just know it's really important, and we need to do better. Um, but um, I did. We did. We did. The, we had our first cohort um, October. The first cohort started. It was a six-week program started in October, um, and we had forty odd people. Uh, I and I was one of them because I thought I need to learn this myself. And that's the, the, you. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and it was fun. I mean, it was it, it, it's confronting, uh, but it's enlightening. And the 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 gem, one of the gems I spoke about this at another event. One of the gems I took about it took it took away from it uh, was this notion of understanding equity. Um, so you know, we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion, but equity uh, is the real gem. You know, you know, it, it's. It's not about doing things um, that are equal for everybody. It's about understanding the differences in everybody to provide something that is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and you know, so, you know, you know, and you you see this happening a lot. That there'll there'll be initiatives which are run across the organisation, um, but you know, it, they, it, it, they're not adjusted. They don't understand who their people are enough to know if it's providing the same benefit to all, or mm. are you providing a benefit to some? So for your listeners, it's accessibility, uh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. E- equity, equity. Yeah, so, you know, but e- isn't yeah. equity about giving access? Yeah, the, sa- the same access, yeah. you know, the, according to your need. Uh, yes. And there's a, there's a really good visual and, it, you know, it's kind of you've got three people um, stood on boxes, right? In a, you know, so they're all stood on the same box, the same height to watch a football game. But of course, the tall person can see, the middle person can barely see, the little toddler is looking at a wall. Uh, so when they talk about equity, then the next image is people standing on the box that they need for their height, for their size. Got it. Uh, yeah. Got it. Uh, and, and I just think that is an absolute gem because a lot of the time we do things with the best intent. Um, but we don't understand enough about the needs, the different needs of, of our people uh, to be, be able to provide something which is good for all. Yeah, really, really interesting. And, mm-hmm. do you know, and the work, the work that you're doing through tech diversity is is so important because mm-hmm. it is technology that is driving yeah. these monumental changes at yeah. that at, at a ridiculous rate that you know it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. And as you say, you need you need to have that diversity mm. of people who are designing how we use mm. this tech for change. And we, we've just um, next month, and it, I know that you know this is you know a, a massive shift in regards to how we work together as industry. Um, you know, the, the tech sector, you know, the, the industry bodies, government, you know, they, they talk a lot about the, the tech industry. I think the, the numbers are there's 861,000 people in the tech workforce at the moment uh, in Australia. Uh, and the goal is to get it to 1.2 uh, million by 2027, 2030. Uh, what we're saying as the, the, you know, the tech diversity is that unless we diversify our workforce, 
um, then we are not going to get the growth um, goals, opportunity, and therefore innovate, innovation that our industry needs. Um, so, you know, it's there, there are three main, you know, uh, industry association bodies. We're bringing them together um, and to have a conversation. And the conversation goes along the lines of, um, let's understand who we are as an industry. Uh, so when we're talking about, you know, equity, that how can we be, you know, as an industry body and association, how can you be providing an equitable service to your members when we don't even know who we are as industry? So there's a research bit that we will do, and it's usually one of our um, diversity atlas. I'll give them a shameless plug. Um, you know, it's a platform that can really help organizations, organizations understand who they are beyond gender. Let's use technology uh, for good to understand who we are as a workforce compare that with the demographic of our society and then be intentional about the programs that we run to change that. And I think if we do that, we measure the impact of our change, that's when the D&I bit just becomes good business practice mm. rather than something we have to sell. Yeah, that's amazing. I, yeah. I, I love what you're doing. I love the passion yeah. that you're bringing to it. And, and I think one thing we skipped over a little bit, but I just want to make that connection is your work in tech diversity is actually an expression of the social purpose yeah. of best case scenario, isn't yeah, it? So 100%. empowering yeah. change makers, you've then got very, very clear and focused mm. on how that translates into a social purpose for your business directly. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and, you know, it, it's something that, you know, everybody within, within BCS is, is incredibly passionate about. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, yeah, it, can't speak high. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, fantastic. So, and, and, but the energy that that gives you, right? You talk about it, but the energy that you it have is all about doing something for good. Oh, it's we love all it. about energy, and it yeah. comes back to it comes back to love, loving what you yeah. do. We love um, it. You know, loving yourself, loving the people you work with. You know, yeah. your team, your clients, and loving, loving. You know, people and society enough to mm. care to want to make a difference. Mm. You get that right, and the money flows. A hundred percent. Luli, we're going to have to wrap this up, but I thank you so much for My coming on the podcast. I always absolutely love chatting to you. Your energy is infectious. <laughs> and um, if people want to get in touch with you to learn more about Best Case Scenario or Tech Diversity, what what we'll, we'll, we'll put all your connections on the show notes, but what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, um, good question. Uh, drop me a line, uh, Luli at bestcasescenario.com.au. Uh, okay. And you know, I'd happily talk to anybody uh, anytime about this because it's, uh, it's too important not to. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Luli. Yeah, yeah, pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the For Love and Money podcast. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into the purpose movement, visit us at thecauseeffect.com.au. And remember, doing good is good for business. So if you're not doing good, then what are you doing?